0: We are privileged to have a special guest joining us. He's played with Foreigner, White Snake, The Dead Daisies, and a host of other projects, and currently has a great new band called Silverthorn. Joining us on the phone is Brian Tishy. How are you, Brian?
1: Great. How are you doing, man?
0: Doing really well, thanks. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Cool, no problem.
0: So, Brian, you've got this new project, Silverthorn. Um, two songs have been released for it so far, both of which we featured already on Radio Bypass. The material is great. We know you a little bit, of course, from some of the projects you've done, but tell us about the other guys in the project.
1: Uh, the, the singer guitar is Pete shoulder and, uh, Daniel Spree is the bass player.
0: And, and they have some, uh, a long association with you or did you guys hook up and create this project or had you played together before
1: um i had known known daniel for years he plays with my buddy phil x when they do their own band uh or phil's band the drills and we had recorded a little bit did some jamming here and there over the years so we've been buddies but uh pete shoulder the singer guitar player i had met briefly back in 2011 on tour with white snake his band at the time called the union was opening up the uk tour and i'd go into the venue and hear them playing hear them opening up and stuff and took note that he and i was like wow this guy's a great singer and uh we met and stuff but didn't keep in touch and then years later we both ended up uh in a project with the de leo brothers from Double pilots and that's kind of where it where the be- beginnings i guess of silverthorne started uh the, the DeLeo's and, and, and myself had uh, recorded a bunch of music with uh, no vocals in, in hopes of getting a singer. And at the time, STP didn't have a singer. And I guess they, they weren't sure if they'd find the right guy to continue on. And we had some stuff recorded. So uh, they were hoping uh, we'd find somebody. Uh, or, you know, of course, they were probably hoping they'd find uh, an STP guy. But you know, at the time, we were doing what we did. And through one person or another, uh, we... Uh, those guys got in touch with Pete Shoulder and heard him and thought he was amazing. And he's from uh, he lives in the UK and stuff. So we started sending him the music. He was sending us vocal ideas back and forth. And uh, eventually, we realized we we have to get him out here to do it right and get in the same room together. So uh, we did that. This is all like the end of 2016, and we ultimately recorded. We were, we wrote, recorded, and pretty much over the next couple months had a full record going. And we were all excited about it. And uh, ultimately, somewhere later that year, 2017, I mean, uh, they found a singer that was working for STP, and they kind of had to make their minds up. And ultimately, chose to go with uh, to go down the STP path, which we totally understood. And you know, of course, we we're we we're bummed and all that, but you know, we we love STP, and those guys uh, have created something great over the past few decades with that band. So uh, you know that. it's nice to see that they've found somebody they can move forward with but that put our project on the back burner indefinitely so Mm -hmm. a little while later i was like hey Mm -hmm. pete you know after hanging out with pete and you know doing this project with him uh realized he's not only a great singer uh he's also a great guitar player lyricist songwriter so i said well why don't you come back out and i have a studio house and come out stay for a little bit and let's see what we can do and then uh and that was the beginning of Silverthorn, right there. So we tried to make some lemonade with the lemons we were dealt with, and uh, and uh, and that was all in 2018. And went through some a chunk of time in 18 with some management that didn't really get off the ground. They were like newer and had high hopes. We kind of believed in, but they ultimately didn't get it rolling. So this year we signed a signed a deal with a Golden Robot Records in the beginning of the year, and made the videos and the, you know, put the EP together with the, you know, the photos, artwork, videos, and all that stuff. And, uh, got it all rolling in the spring. And then, uh, in August, the first single tear of the Wide Open came out and, and Dan- Daniel Spree came in the picture then, you know, so we, we, uh, Pete and I had written and recorded all this stuff, but, uh, I gave Daniel a call, sent him the music and he said, yeah, this is great. And I said, there's, uh, there's not much going on right now, but, you know, later in the year, we're going to start rolling. Sure. So he said, all right, cool. And, uh, you know, but yeah, so in the, in the spring, he just be, got together with us for the, you know, we jammed a little bit and did the photos and videos and all that. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. The single came out in August and then we had uh, the second single a few weeks ago come out called, uh, Black River Rising. So, uh, we played a couple shows a few weeks ago in Vegas and LA and we're just, uh, you know, just baby band at the bottom of the hill trying to, you know, work our way up.
0: There you go. Well, you're off to a good start, at least as far as the recorded material goes, that's for sure. Um, and then that record, or this EP, it's due out, you told me, in February, right? Uh, do you know the release date?
1: Yeah, I think, there, I think it's February 21st, and uh, you can pre-order it now. I mean, you can go uh, download the singles, uh, you know, on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and all that stuff, and... Uh, you can also pre-order the full EP then th- there as well.
0: Got it. Got it. And there, but there will be physical product too, right?
1: Yep. Yep. For sure. But that, that will be in uh, you know, that'll all come out digitally and physically in, in February, February 21st.
0: Got it. And then, um, when that comes out, are there plans for touring the country at all or? Or
2: nothing yeah, yet.
1: yeah. We, I mean, that's what that's what we want to do. That's the, that is the plan. And right now, that's what we're. You know, it's the end of the year, so things uh, slow down quite a bit. Sure. In December, uh, you know, but we just wanted to get, get stuff started in the fall. Get some, get a couple singles out, and you know, get out there and see if people dig it. Do a couple shows, and you know, just get it moving. But uh, you definitely want to start picking it up more in in two thousand twenty.
0: Yeah, and and remaining, and, and if you go out on the road, remaining as a three piece, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's how, that's what it is now. It, 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 I know, uh, you know, a lot of the recording stuff. There's 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 room for two guitars for sure, you know. But uh, you know, right now Pete's uh doing 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 his job, man, doing uh doing the vocals and all the guitar stuff. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a powerfully powerful power trio.
0: Yes, it is. That was one of the first things that caught my attention when I realized, oh, there's only three people here. This sounds great, you know. um, I've always kind of liked the power trio, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool.
0: All right, so February 21st, we can look forward to that. can pre-order now, and um, then hopefully we'll get to see Silverthorne live across the country, hopefully.
1: Yeah. Hope so, man. We just gotta get out there. You know, we're looking for management and agents and uh, all that stuff. And you know, like like I said, there's no. You know, it's you know it's it's an uphill battle when you start. You know, and you just have to believe in it and be excited about what you're doing. You know, that's the only reason we we are doing this is because we got together and liked what we came up with. And you figure, hey, you know, if you're excited about it, I mean, I always wanted to have my own band and to find a, a singer like Pete you know I consider one of the best out there you know to, to to be able to you know get a band going with him is is uh that's half the battle right there finding somebody that you can click with at uh with a voice like that
0: yes absolutely absolutely not always easy to find the right the right fit the right people the right personalities well i'm glad you guys totally. got together because my ears were very excited when i first he- heard tear the sky tear the sky wide open and then the last track that you just released a few weeks ago just blew my head off, too. I was like, man, I like the just the feel of the music, the lyrics, the, just the overall sound. It, it's just fantastic stuff, and that's why I reached out to you to see if you'd have a little time to talk to us about it and let people know a little bit more about Silverthorn because I didn't really know how your project came together. Just all of a sudden, there it was. I happened to stumble upon it, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome, <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, I mean, the first song, To the T- Sky Wide Open, was, we thought was a pretty good representation of, 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 uh, the, you know, the gist of what we are. Uh, and uh, we just thought it was a good song to come out with, whereas, uh, you know, Black River Rising, the second song, definitely a little bit, it's a different type of song, a lot more space, slower. It's not, it's not like you're uh, the, your opening power rock you know, single type song, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, we, we, it was probably, it's probably the, of all the stuff we've recorded, it's probably our favorite song, just, just cause of the dynamics and Pete has an amazing vocal. It's just a, a simple little bluesy riff, you know, but a nice, nice kind of tip of the hat back to the the heavyweights of the seventies and that, that, that vibe, like the, uh, the freeze and bad companies and, and, uh, Trowers and Sabbath, you know, it's like kind of cut from that cloth, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know we also produced this ourselves in my in my studio house, and we we both agreed we wanted to be as organic as possible and and not sound like modern production. I, I we just love you know bands from the '70s and production from the '70s was just so to me to my ears at least was so much more honest than uh, a lot of stuff now. There's a lot of great stuff out of that, that sounds super powerful, but at times I kind of miss like the true sound of acoustic drums and the, the, just knowing that, you know, it really does sound like, you know, like you could be in a room with the band and that's what it would sound like, you know, that's what we tried to convey.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you, I think you did do that and you're right. That, did catch my ear as well, that it that it did have a more cohesive sound to it than some things do nowadays, because as you know, you know, half the time, each musician's in a room somewhere else, not everybody's together in the same place playing at once. So it does kind of change the sound, this whole digital recording. It's cool, you know, it's great that I could record my track uh, in Chicago and send it to you in LA and back and forth, but it does take away some of that, just that chemistry, you know. And that does create a difference. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, there's 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 a lot to be said for you know working in the same room together. You're going off the, uh, you know, you're going off the, the vibe at the moment and the, the you know whatever the influence is and the inspiration and that you know within you know that room at that point in time you know and that that doesn't happen if you're not not together when you're recording. We we did record you know when we weren't together. We did do a couple songs where we had ideas and. You know, threw them back and forth on the internet, and I'd put drums down, send them to Pete, and he'd do you know guitars or vocals and stuff. And we've got, we've gotten it done, but you know, we always you're you're doing a ton of emails and texts back and forth about arrangements and parts and what do you think of this and that. But when you're in a room, it's it's more immediate and decisions are made quickly, and and you're going off the vibe. You know, the excitement of of the recording process and and right. the songwriting process. So, but yeah, yeah, it was more it's it, it was more about the actual tones you know it's kind of talking about that like just today there's yeah there's just the sound today you know and there's there's so much studio trickery you can do quickly and easily uh, and uh to get you know even a, a drum set just to sound like the you know a current modern massive sounding drum set is is uh or it's just it's it's not so hard it's you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of samples on drums a lot of auto tuning a lot of cut and pasting and you know copy paste and all that stuff and we we try to stay away from that and just you know i, I love engineering drums. i love engineering in general so it's just always fun to throw mics up and get a sound for the day and try and get a sound for the song and and uh guitar tones and you know for that you know okay here's the song this is what it sounds like to us. this is what we want to get across and what are the best tones to go for what's the best amp and guitar to use and you know mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff. So you know, yeah. yeah, when and when you when you go down that road, I mean, I guess the, the the better gear you have, you know, the better mics and all that you can add to it. But really, if you just get a good, good sounding instrument in a good room, recorded, okay, you, you know, that's that's pretty much where we where we start and end. We just we just want to get you know get that organic sound going.
0: Sure, sure, I like that. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, Brian, I know we're kind of a little bit short on time here because you've got some things to do today, but I wanted to ask you real quick when you talked about drums and micing them and the sound and all that. um, My favorite drummer of all time, Mr. John Bonham, apparently you are a fan as well. (laughs) And you had done something. Who's that? John Bonham. John Bonham. John John Bonham. What
1: what band is he
0: from? um, I think it was uh, Black Sabbath. No, uh, maybe Led Zeppelin.
1: Oh, the Led Zeppelin guy. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, of course, uh, that dude. Yeah, no, of course, uh, John Bonham is the best. Yeah, if if you don't think he's best, there's kind of something probably a little wrong with you. <laughs>
2: so that guy, and that then people go,
1: "Oh, what are you kid? You, you can't, you can't say who the best is." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." In most circumstances, but when it comes to rock drumming, I'd say it's a, it starts with John Bonham. He's yeah.
0: job. Right on. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of great ones, but yes, he is he is the man in my opinion too. So, I had noticed you had done you had done some kind of tribute to John Bonham, but I don't really know a lot about that. Is that all you playing Zeppelin songs or what what was that tribute to John Bonham that you were involved with?
1: Oh, uh, it's well it's my show. It's on the and, you know, I, I came up with the idea back in 2010 called Bonzo Bash. And it was, uh, it was a, just, I don't even know where the idea came from, but it was like, oh, I should get a bunch of drummers together and get a rehearsal place and have my buddies learn a bunch of Zeppelin tunes and we'll get you know, a keg of beer and all come in and just jam Zeppelin all night and just call a bunch of drummers and take a night and do it. And, and the more I thought about it, uh, I was I was like, well, this could actually be cool as a, as a show. It could be cool if it was in a club. You know, people see a bunch of notable drummers from big bands jumping on in the same kit and picking their favorite favorite Zeppelin song and play it with a house band. I'm like, that, that could be a fun night. It could be something, you know, not just drummers would be into, but just fans of Zeppelin and fans of the the bands that those drummers are from. So that was in 2010. We did the first one. It was, you know, it was like 20 drummers, and it's grown since then, to, um, we've brought it to the East Coast, Jersey, New York. Um, we usually do it at the NAM show every year. We've brought it to Moscow for the Moscow NAM show a few years ago. And, yeah, I don't know. There's probably, I've never counted, but there's probably been more than a, I mean, the show is like a four or five hour show. There's at least 20 drummers sometimes. Wow. Over 30. I think wow. we've had up to 33 in one night. And, uh, yeah, some of the some of the biggest, best drummers in the world. And, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a great, great drummer hang and a great great uh celebration event honoring the, the best rock drummer ever and uh you know it wasn't hard to do you know you say hey i'm doing stuff for john Bonham." most drummers are like yeah i want to get up and jam a song that sounds like fun you know so so we've done it i don't i don't even know maybe uh maybe we've had 15 20 20 bonza bashes something like that over the past 10 years
0: aha uh-huh. okay so so that's what this is and these are some live gigs not not recordings
1: no you can just, just go you know go on youtube and Type in Bonzo Bash, and you'll see tons of performances from tons of drummers you know, yeah.
0: Excellent. Excellent. But you spearheaded it, so that's pretty cool. When when I saw your name involved with John Bonham, I'm like, okay, Brian and I are going to get along just fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't, it was, you know, like I said, I don't really know where the idea came from, but but Bonham is, he's the one drummer I never stopped listening to since I was a kid, you know, there's, I love a ton of drummers influenced by so many, but he's the one guy that I, you know, pretty much a day doesn't go by where I've thought about some, something in his drumming or, or listen to something. It's, he's, you know, you go through phases of, Oh, I'm in my, you know, Tony Williams phase. I my Steve Gadd phase, Terry Bozio, you know, or this guy, that guy, you know, and, and I, I love all those drummers, but then, you know, you know, it's not like I'm listening to him every day, or it, it, but for some reason Bonham, he's always been the guy. You know, Zeppelin's my favorite band, and Bonham's and you know the best drummer in the best band. So yeah, I pretty much never stopped listening to him, and you know, he's it never been just a phase. He's been a a regular thing.
0: Right, right, a constant. Right, right. Okay, well, that's cool. And then one other thing, and then I'll, I'll, we'll wrap this up so you can get on with your day, but um, you also are known for speed bagging or punching a bunch of speed bags in vans or trucks or something. And then I had heard you were incorporating the speed bag into your drum kit or something?
1: Um, I, I have a little bit, but uh, not, not where it's been on stage in a rock show yet. It just hasn't gotten there, but it was probably... 10 years ago or so I started, I just, I always thought speed bags were killer. I just loved the, the concept and the controlled chaos of the speed bag and n- never tried to do it. Uh, or, and then somewhere, I don't know, a bunch of years ago, I you I know, was in a gym somewhere, there'd be a speed bag and I figured, oh, I'm a, you know, I should, this shouldn't be that hard. I get it. You hit it once and it rebounds three times and it sounds like a triplet. And But yeah, there's a technique involved, like, like anything. And, uh, was on the road and just uh, YouTube speed bags or speed bagging. And and, then watched a bunch of these amazing speed baggers doing all this like advanced stuff. I got home off the road and had one sit in my garage I just screwed it into the wall and started doing it, got really obsessed with it. And being a drummer, you know, I hear the natural rhythms of the bag and I, you know, I started learning my techniques and all. And and then I, I speed bag along the drum to music, which is called punch drumming, which, uh, you know, the speed bag king Alan Kahn started back in, I don't know, the 70s or 80s or something. And he's a good buddy of mine, but he he would, there's all these clips of Alan Kahn speedbagging along the music, and he's he's amazing. So I started doing that, and then the next logical thing would be to put, you know, a kick drum underneath the speed bag, keep time with your foot, put a snare drum, get over on the left side, speed bag with your right hand. So I was just messing around with that stuff in my garage and then it was like, well, yeah, it'd be great to put this on a drum kit, but, but to really do something like that, you got to have a budget and you don't want a speed bag sitting there all night on top of your kit, just sitting (laughs) there, not getting used, you know? But even, you know, when I was in foreigner, they're like, Hey man, if you could figure out a way to do it, but, but literally it it takes a, I have a 270 pound speed bag stand that, uh, you need, you need something heavy to keep the, keep it balanced and weighted down when you're, when you're hitting it. And, uh, it's just a, a bit too much, you know. To to you'll know, get that thing set up for a, a bit of a drum solo and do a thing. You'll know, set up a two hundred and seventy pound thing. If uh, if I was in some huge band on some arena tour, I'm sure we could figure out a way to do it. But uh, right. you know, there's a budget involved, and there's, there's there's the heaviness of it. You can't have your drum tech start carrying this stuff up in the middle of the show. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the coolest thing was with Eddie, Eddie Trunk, my, my buddy Eddie had had the show with. Uh, um, Jim Florentine and Don Jamison. Oh, uh, that Jamison metal called, show. Uh, oh, that metal show. And he called me up and he would always do guitar players in between commercial breaks and stuff. And, and then he called me and goes, hey, we're, we're going to incorporate drummers. Do you want to do one of these? And I said, yeah. And it was at the same time, this uh bag equipment company called Balaz saw my videos and said, hey, man, we want to do something with you. And I said, oh, great, man. If you send me something that's sturdy enough, I'm going and doing this... Uh, Rock show called that metal show, and I'm going to be performing on it. So they sent me that this 270 pound stand, and uh, I brought it down to the studio with with the drums and set it up. And you know, there's a from uh, this is I don't know five years ago or something. Did it? Uh, yeah. So I ended up putting it above my floor tom and using it using the speed bag in my right hand. I made up some beats with my feet and you know left hand. And uh, you know, so when they break to a commercial, I, there's a few clips that include the speed bag. But yeah, I, I think that's the actual first. Real documentation of the speed bag used, used uh, as a percussion instrument.
0: Gotcha. Okay, well, that, that's definitely cool. It's definitely your unique thing for sure. All right, All right. well, I know um, we got to get going yeah. here because you got stuff to do. So, again, this is Brian Tishy, we've been having the pleasure of speaking with. His new band, Silverthorn, he has a new album EP coming out February 21st. Uh, tear the sky wide open, highly recommend it. Great stuff. Brian, thanks for uh, taking a little time for radio bypass today.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it and happy holidays.
0: All right. Same to you, my friend. Thank you much. So there you have it. Our interview with Brian Tishy from Silverthorne. Great guy. Fun interview. And uh, hopefully you learned some things about Silverthorn and Brian that maybe you didn't know before. I know I did, for sure. And uh, it was really great to talk to him. I really appreciate it. So, Brian, thanks again for joining me yesterday for a conversation about Silverthorne and a few other things. And in case you have not caught the episodes where I've played the Silverthorne songs before, I'm going to end this with uh, both Silverthorne songs that have been released so far I've played them both in the past, but in case you missed them, here's your chance to check them out again. So Tear the Sky Wide Open is going to be the name of the release, and that was the first single released from the upcoming Thorn record. And Black River Rising is the second song that was released off of that. So I'm going to leave you with those two songs. Thanks for checking out this interview with Brian Tishy. Happy holidays, and I will talk to you next Sunday.